Welcome to Stories in Stone. I am Josiah Vandermoss alongside Kyle Hunt and Richard Melville producing. We're excited again to, to have you this week. And Kyle, who did we have on the show? We had Sean Lardner on the on the show. And uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about this uh, company, Rocky Mountain Stone. He's a third generation uh, fabricator out there. Uh, and talked a little bit about being in a family business, talked about uh, earning respect as uh, the third generation uh, coming in. And it was just a great conversation. He had a lot of great insights. Um, yeah. Well, before we hopped on, you, you were saying what was what struck you most? I thought I thought one just the way he was able to give us a lot of, uh, you know, uh, front office production install uh, answers. He's touched a lot of the areas, and I think uh, part of that that I have a lot of respect for is you know he's talked about starting from the bottom. He didn't come in and expect anything uh, in the the family business. He started at the bottom and worked his way up, and you know looking back, he just has a lot of appreciation for that. And I think it's given. I think you can hear that in the conversation that we had of how he's been able to give us some some insight into each aspect of the business because he did start from the bottom and work his way up. Kind of a man of the world too. I mean, he's quoting Mark Twain. He's talking about flying in hot air balloons. Kind of, He's kind of doing a little bit of everything in the, in the mm-hmm. industry. Yeah, yeah. He's a mm-hmm. certainly high culture, uh, high society and that's the kind of person that, that we're, we're looking for. Um, but yeah, no, I thought uh, to echo, to echo your, your sentiment, Kyle, he, he, uh, had a lot of good stuff to say and, um, yeah, we're excited for you guys to hear from him as well. Yeah. I think it'll be cool to hear for people, a lot of people in this industry too, working with a sibling, with a parent, with whatever, just that perspective, um, a unique challenge. Right, he had, he had some good mm-hmm. things to say about that too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, some good advice and everything like that. We'll have to have him back on in, in a few. Yeah, few for sure, episodes. for sure. Uh, and, or maybe have his family member on and uh, hear from there. That's right. Maybe yeah, we yeah. talk to his dad and say, oh, maybe we, man, or maybe we do this. Maybe we do the Scott kid. and Sean episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, before we get to our show, wanted to mention today's sponsor. Action Flow. Are you drowning in remnants? Do you struggle to get quotes out on time? Uh, is your process undefined as you as you go through the job? Action Flow has an answer for each of these questions, and. It, it will allow you to rest easy at night knowing that these questions are answered and jobs are flowing through your shop. Visit actionflow.net today to set up your discovery call. Great, great, great. Well, we we start each episode with a, a rundown of questions just for everyone to get to know you a little better. Um, maybe for us to get to know you a little better, Sean, uh, which company do you work for? Uh, how long have you been there and what's your role there? Yeah. So, um, 
I work for Rocky Mountain Stone out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've been full-time actually working. I've been here about seven years now, um, but it's actually our family business. So I grew up in it, and uh, I've kind of worked here for you know my whole life, but officially for about seven years now. So right on, right on. Yeah, and we'll we'll definitely be sure to touch on all that um, more down the road and. And before we move on uh, in the in the rundown questions, just wanted to touch on Albuquerque. I think the first time I met you in person, we were talking about the Hot Air Balloon Festival. Is that uh, is that kind of the thing that Albuquerque's known for? Yes, I would say that's our biggest thing. Um, so okay. it's it's a week long. I guess it's the first first two weekends in October is kind of where it goes through. So yeah, that's a sweet one of our claim to fame so it's a fun time Sweet. i have a friend actually that, yeah, that no. flies in that he drives all the way down from michigan packs up his balloon and heads wow. down to albuquerque i remember him packing up for that when i was a kid that's why wow it's uh i got to fly in one of the balloons during fiesta and that was probably one of the coolest experiences you know so Oof. it's definitely something special yeah uh, that, those balloons are terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all fun except for landing that's where it gets a little sketchy so cool cool uh all right and then just a couple other uh real quick questions to help the audience get to know you a little better uh favorite musical artist album or song that you're listening to right now or or something that you've been listening to a lot recently Wow, I've been listening to, I just found a new artist, his name's Zach Wilkerson. Um, it's kind of like bluesy country, so mm. something different, That uh, that, but that's been kind of what's playing, so. Yeah, no, it's not, well, definitely. I wrote that down. Zach. That's my, that's yeah. my vibe right now. <laughs> that's my work vibe. I like it. Bluesy country. Uh, and then, yeah, one more real hard-hitting one before we get into it. Uh, favorite dessert that you go to, you're winding down after a long, hard day at work? Ooh, I'm not a huge sweets eater, but I'd have to go for like a rich chocolate cake, probably. Wow. For not being a sweets eater. I know. Rich, rich chocolate cake. That's... <laughs> nice. What, what uh, I... When I do it, I go big, though. So, you know. <laughs> hey, I wish I had that self-control. <laughs> it's just chocolate cake every night. Um, cool. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned, you know, it's a family business. Kind of take us through your origin story. Like, you know, been in, I'm guessing you've been in Albuquerque for a while, and then you got in the stone shop. Just kind of give us that background. Where did Sean come from? Yeah. Um, so I'm born and raised in Albuquerque, uh, along with and my dad was actually born and raised in Albuquerque as well. Um, and my grandfather started Rocky Mountain Stone. And this is actually this year we're celebrating 60 years in business. Um, and he kind of started as a stonemason and he would go out, he'd drive out to Arizona to pick up material. And he'd come back and he'd have a little bit of extra stone. And he just kind of started selling it that way. And it took off. Um, we did, that was really our roots, was in like the building stone side of things. And then we got into countertops 
believe it was like the early 90s when we did our first countertop job. Um, and then, yeah, we've been doing it ever since. And I came in, let's see, I came in like seven years ago, and I guess it was about five years ago I started templating. And that's kind of when I really got a grasp of kind of the business and how the whole industry kind of works when it comes to countertops. So, um, I feel... which was great because I learned everything, yeah. you know. It's templating like the uh, first, it's... the first like uh, uh, stick them here, let them learn kind of place, you'd say, when you're trying to get a bigger um... view of, of the company. I think it I think you learn a lot about like construction in general mm -hmm. and kind of how things go together. Um so I definitely think it's like a good starting point for the production side okay. of things. Yeah. Cool. Sure. So yeah, uh take me back 7 years ago or 5 years ago when you started um was this like a exciting thing or were you like oh gosh, I'm I'm in the family business or or uh <laughs> Yeah, was it what what was the feeling at the time? You know, at the time it was exciting. Um <laughs> there's definitely been kind of ebbs and flows. You know, there's sure. some days where I go, "Oh, this is definitely what I want to do the rest of my life." And then there's other days where it's like, well, "There's probably an easier career out there," <laughs> you know. Um <laughs> But it is cool to, you know, be in a family business, be like third generation and hopefully carry it on, you know, and pass it down to my kids at some point in the future, kind of just, just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. But, um, I love the industry and, you know, having the family business behind it makes a, makes a huge difference on that too. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I'd say it just goes up and down whether, uh, <laughs> yeah. where I'm at that week, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. any siblings, I'd say all in all, you know, I like it. Any, I do. Okay. Yes. I've got uh, two older sisters, and neither of them are in the business. Okay, so uh, the family dynamics are a little bit so, more. You, dad, and his grandpa is still involved, or is he done? He's done. Okay. So he's retired. Okay. Um, and then we actually have a sister company called New Mexico Travertine, and they do a lot more of like the manufacturing of like veneer stones and stuff. Um, so they'll bring blocks in and actually cut it to size and they cut, cut some slabs too. And most everything they deal with is like the softer materials, limestone, marble, travertine. Um, so yeah, so my uncle Jim runs that one and then my dad kind of runs Rocky Mountain stuff. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, nice family dynamics then. What, what's your first, uh, do you have like a first memory in the in the shop where they like let you I don't know hold a polisher or, or something like that? Just first <laughs> first memories. Um, you know, let's see. I think I worked a couple summers like in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, we still had we still had a landscaping yard, um, so I was helping out with that. You know, driving a forklift, kind of doing that thing, and. I'd say that's kind of my first memory of working in the business. Um, but I think back probably, gosh, probably 15 or 20 years ago, we went up to Quebec um, with part of the Marble Institute. And 
we went up and saw a uh, a quarry, and they actually dropped the wall right in front of us, a block. Wow. And so that was probably like the first. Wow, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'd be pretty kind wild. Of an aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That was special, and that's a fun thing about you know growing up in the business. We used to go to stone trips. I mean, I think for the first 15 years of my life, every family vacation was kind of revolved around a stone trip in a sense. So whether it was going out to Vegas for coverings um, or whatever it may be, you know. Right. So it was fun to kind of grow Draw up a in the industry. Quick trip too. over to Italy, you know, go check out some supply <laughs> down to Brazil. Yeah. You know those kind yeah. of trips. I, I haven't got those yet, okay. but I'm hoping they come around here in the next couple okay. of years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You got left home for those ones. Uh, no. <laughs> those were maybe took we'll me on the boring ones. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to just organize a Stories in Stone reunion tour. There we to, go. Uh, Italy. You'll be invited. There you go. For sure. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh huh. <laughs> nice. Ah. So your your favorite at well, I think you kind of got the the family aspect but your favorite aspect of this business and the aspect you're like i could do without this like if i have to deal with this one more time i might just you know wow you know i always like i feel like there's maybe three or four jobs we do a year that are just something over the top um like a huge house you know where they didn't spare any expense um like we've done a couple where they were like backlit, you know, Onyx and stuff like that, which are probably my favorite part of it. And being able to see like the finished product and see a happy customer um, and just doing something completely custom. Mm. So that's probably my favorite side of things. Uh, as for least favorite, um, probably dealing with, Dealing with the bad customers, mm. I could go. I could go without those every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the whole thing, you know, start to finish. Um, I wouldn't say there's a, a part of it that I dislike. Mm. Mm. Sure. Uh, so you guys said, or you said, uh, countertops started in '90s, early mid '90s. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that um, was. Was that kind of when your dad came on board, uh, or with, did that have any uh, relate? Like when he came, did is that when countertop started? No, not necessarily. Um, I think he, I think he came in the business like in the early to mid '80s, if I had to guess. Okay. Um, and there was actually, it was a a family that owned a car dealership here in town, and they had wanted granite countertops. And so they came to us and asked if we'd do it. And that kind of jump-started everything. We did our first job and kind of ran with it from there. So, um, and we, at that time we were cutting everything by hand and we got a water jet probably, I think it was 97 that we got a water jet. And that really is kind of when we took off in the countertop side of things. So that, that'll that'll speed things up a little bit versus by hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes a little bit of a difference. Yeah. <laughs> and then since then, so yeah, so you went water jet ninety seven. Since then, as well, introduced CNCs, gone digital. That am I correct in saying that? 
Yes. Yeah. We uh, so like right now we've got we have a part fusion, um, and then we have a Baca dual table like Sawjet. So everything on the cutting side of things is all digital. Um, we don't run like CNCs for edge finishing. So we've got like an inline edge finisher and then everything else is finished by hand. Okay. But, uh, and I think that's one of those things where we, we had a CNC for edge finishing back probably 15 or 20 years ago. And at that time it seemed like we fixed it more than it actually ran. Um, mm. So, you know, it's interesting now with all the technology changes to see kind of how that would affect everything, bringing a, a CNC in or kind of seeing where we go, you know, sure. since almost everything has gone fully digital in a lot of shops. Sure. Yeah, no, I, and yeah, I think it's cool to see you guys working that out, evaluating it on the fly, not on the fly, but really evaluating it, uh, making sure what you're doing is not just like, you're just doing it because everyone else is doing it. You're doing it because it, it's working for you um, and, and it's effective. Along those lines, uh, what do you see coming down the pipe as far as like things that you guys are evaluating that you want to implement uh, going forward or, or you're in the process of implementing? Is there anything like that uh, changes that, that you've made or hope to make in the near future? Hmm. You know, one thing we've started kind of doing is getting like away from paper. So we always used to run like packets that ran through the shop with every single job. And, uh, and recently we set up a big, like a TV screen in our shop. Um, so through like action flow, we can set up the cut and fab calendars and actually run everything off of that, which has helped out a lot because then, you know, a project manager or really anyone in the whole company can pull up a job and know exactly where it's at or when it'll be cut, when it'll be fabricated so that, you know, we don't have to go chase someone down and ask them where that job is. Um, and really just like stream, streamlining the whole process from start to finish has been, you know, we're pretty good, but there's always room for improvement on that side of things. Um, and just using... I mean, we've got so much technology and programs and everything and really using them to the fullest extent. I mean, I know even ActionFlow, we don't use every feature in it. Uh, so really kind of using the tools we already have just to make us more efficient um, is a big thing right now. Sure. Yeah. How does that look from like a team standpoint? You say we've got all this technology software you guys have weekly meetings where you're, is it a leadership team that's coming together and evaluating what you can use more, or is it just kind of go do your own thing and maximize what we've got? Is there any uh, process to that as you evaluate that? Yeah. So we do, um, we do a daily production meeting, which kind of has, it has like our both of our schedulers, we've got one person that schedules for install and one person that schedules for template. So we got both of them, our shop manager, myself, um, and then my dad all sit in it. And then once every two weeks, we have like a, uh, a manager meeting um, where we kind of 
look at issues that have come up or kind of problem solving and it kind of brings it brings all the managers together and gets them all on the same page which has been really good you know so that we're all moving towards a goal um and i know a big thing like because when we switched over to action flow a little over a year ago was just getting people on board and kind of showing them the why and how it'll how it'll benefit them and benefit everyone by implementing little things, you know? Yeah. Um, which has been a big thing. If you show the people kind of the goal, then it makes it a lot easier to get people to adapt to it and embrace change, mm-hmm. which has been big. Sure. And not always easy to get people to embrace change. Huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I want to swing back yeah. to, to, uh, family dynamics, just because I'm kind of in the boat. You, I work with my father-in-law, my wife, and my brother-in-law. So family dynamics is fun. (laughs) Uh, Yes. What would you say are the the challenges of working with family? And what are the, like, if you had to give it a piece of advice of like, this is how we make it work. Hmm. I think, I think there's a couple challenges. Mm -hmm. One is that's like a big thing I think is kind of separating, you know, personal and business and being able to, you know, if I go over to, you know, my parents' house for dinner on Saturday night, not talking about work the whole time and, uh, a challenge. things like that's that. Such a I, challenge. It's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my mom, I was still living at home when I was working here full time. And my mom used to limit us to like five minutes of shop talk. She'd say, so, <laughs> Kind of kept us on track. Yeah. <laughs> but, Start the uh, stopwatch. Yeah. <laughs> She'd shut us off when we got to talking too long. But um, <laughs> I think that's a big thing is kind of separating it. And um, I know in the last three or four years, me and my dad have gotten a lot better at working together. Mm-hmm. Um, just in, you know, he has an idea and actually listening to it and seeing, you know, what his thoughts are and kind of where he's going. And he's started listening to me a lot more too, which has made a huge difference instead of just, Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, you know, and vice versa. Um, and I think part of it, I think it's like a Mark Twain quote where when I was 21, my dad didn't know a thing. And by the time I turned 26, he was one of the smartest people I know. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how he learned so much in five years, you know, Uh, I like that. So I know part of it was me growing up a little bit um, and kind of getting better at working together. But I think that's one of the biggest things is just kind of separating, you know, business and personal life. And then also really listening to each other and, uh, Mm. and kind of getting on the same page. Cause a lot of times we're working towards the same thing. We just have different ideas on how to get there, right. you know? Right. And those, so, and that sometimes, you know, because you are blood, you communicate in very similar ways and you just can't like hear yourself in the moment. And it just creates this, you just keep buttoning into each other and you're like saying the exact same thing, but in different ways, you just can't hear each other. And then you're like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> it just, <laughs> and you have all this history come in and you're like, what is, what is this? And then you realize, oh, we are on the same page. Yeah, yes. And so, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, 
he'll explain things. Um, and I hear it in one way, but what he actually means is completely different. Mm -hmm. So learning how to, you know, interpret the things that he wants to do and kind of really just getting on the same page and communicating a lot about things has been, been a big aspect of it. And then so. on the, yeah, on the flip side, and Kyle kind of asked this at, at the start, but just the success of it and use leveraging that family connection for success. Obviously you guys are successful growing all that. Um, you think maybe it, it's kind of like, you know, your family, you, you probably shared some of the same values, some of the same through lines that, that keep you going forward in the same direction. Do you, you think that success can be traced back to some of those family ties as well? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, my dad learned from, you know, my grandpa and, um, it's kind of in the same, same succession. And there was actually at one time, uh, so my dad has four brothers and one sister. So there was a time where there was five brothers involved in the business all at the same time. Um, and (laughs) yeah, so, uh, I wasn't really around at that time, but I know like that was difficult for him just because there were so many people involved um, and they're all brothers. So, you know, they butt heads on yeah. things, but um, it's, uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, all of that has led to the success of Rocky Mountain Stone and kind of, I think a big part of it too is bringing in new generations and you kind of adapt to the changing market and, you know, bringing more technology on board that, you know, my dad would probably push off, but instead kind of accepting certain things like that. And so I think that's been big is getting new blood in there that just kind of has new ideas and, you know, can kind of implement and keep up with, with technology and with the times in general. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think that's a big aspect of it. I feel like there's been a massive shift just in the past, 10, five, 10 years of, of people like you coming into the industry and being like, why are we still doing things this way? Like, why are we on Google Sheets? Why are we not using digital templating? Like those type of things. And just kind of looking at their family members, like, I can do this. This is not a problem for me at all. Like, I don't know, like this may <laughs> yes. be scary for you, but this is cakewalk for me. Is that something you've experienced in the past five years? Yeah, um, it's definitely there, you know, and I I will say like, I, I embrace technology, but I'm also a little weary of it in a sense. Mm -hmm. There's times where I go, no, I want, I want that paper copy or I want Mm -hmm. that hard copy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we've kind of, we're pretty good on that, but there's definitely things, you know, just putting up a TV in the shop. I mean, you know, even five years ago, we probably would have never thought to do something like that mm-hmm. in order to to track jobs and go more paperless. And I think new programs too. You know, we've got like just running Slab Cloud and being able to, you know, keep a digital inventory where you can view everything. Like that's mm-hmm. been a huge help. Um, and like all the apps that, you know, we can use like the action flow app where we can take pictures of job sites and actually have that kind of 
kind of digital um, job folder that, you know, we can push through instead of having hard copies of everything. A lot of it we can get in real time so I can pull it up and go, oh, I know we finished that install. I'll reach out for payment, you know, within an hour of us completing that install, even though the installers aren't even back at the shop yet, yeah. which has made a huge impact on a lot of things. Um, kind of in that keep sense. that cash flowing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between that, you know, and staying on top of, you know, if there's an issue at a job site, I mean, we can really, they don't even have to bring back a hard template now. We can get it remade um, without a templater or installer even coming back to the shop since it's all digital. So there are a lot of, you know, big things that have come about mm. from it. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the new programs that are hitting kind of the industry too, which has helped out a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, not, well, I had a, have another question, um, about being again, family and mm -hmm. your shift into management. So you're the sales manager now and that yes. can, you know, how do you earn your voice with everyone else that's been there? I guess is the, the, the main bit of the question, like, you know, it can be seen like, oh, this is just, you know, Scott's son. He's just jumping in here. Like those, those, uh, challenges of like, oh, he's just, he's just Scott's son. How, how do you earn your voice with your team and like, show like, no, I deserve to be here. I know what I'm doing. Like what are, what are some steps that you've taken and can give to other people who are in the same situation as you to kind of get people mm -hmm. on board and, and show like, no, I'm, I've got this. Yeah. I think a big part of it that I really, I didn't realize at the time, but I appreciate now mm -hmm. was kind of starting at the bottom um, mm -hmm. and really learning every aspect of the company. I mean, not to say that, you know, I can fabricate and install with the best of them, but I could limp my way through mm -hmm. every step of it, which is a big thing. Um, and even, you know, there's times where I'll go out to a job site, you know, and I'm not afraid to help them pick up a piece or move something or do something like that. And I think people realize that and they go, oh, you know, he's not just in that position. He did kind of earn that position. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a big aspect of it. And also kind of being, you know, now, so I've got our commercial salesperson, his name's Steve, and he's actually been with the company for 37 years. Mm. So 10 years longer than I've even been alive, uh, <laughs> which has, <laughs> has been kind of interesting, but, um, but I think like just showing people, you know, Hey, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, I mean, I don't know. I see it as just being a, a good manager, but being willing to help them out with anything they need and, you know, not being afraid to get my hands dirty mm -hmm. if something needs to get done instead of just putting it back on other people or, you know, standing off on things, just really, really staying in it and being fully involved with kind of every step of the way mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being listening to people, being responsive when they ask for help on something or if something's not working, like truly listening to them and kind of trying to make that change, mm -hmm. I think is a big thing. Um, and I know, like I've always kind of, 
I feel like I have to work harder than everyone else just because my last name is, you know, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's been kind of a big thing. And it's also, you know, it's interesting. Like I was at a conference down in Austin with a couple fabricators, um, from across the nation and everyone goes, Oh, Scott Lardner, I know your dad, you know? And so trying to work to kind of create mm-hmm. my name, mm-hmm. but also still having the backing of him too has been uh, kind of interesting to look at, mm. you know, and that, that's something that's, I don't know if I'd say it's tough, but it's a, it's an interesting thing, you know, and I've always felt like I just have to work harder than everyone else. Yeah. It's a, and kind of had that mentality. It sounds like an interesting combination of, of humility and hunger at the same time. Like, all right, yes. I haven't, like, I'm going to earn what I, what I keep here and, I'm going to be able to, to admit when I mess up, I'm going to, you know, listen to the feedback of my team, but at the same time, like I'm eager to make my own name. Like I, I have ideas, I have value that I, I know I can bring and like not losing sight of that, uh, and walking that type road. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't always easy, but, um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, you know, I think it's, it's crucial in order to, gain respect of you know the people that report to me you know other managers and because a lot of them have a lot more experience than i do um but it's really just showing them what i can bring to the table while also being humble about mm-hmm. it yeah awesome so yeah such, sure. a, cha- such a challenge <laughs> <laughs> just yeah um um well, yeah, I uh, I got a I got a, a new segment for you here uh, called this is the the five years from now segment. Okay. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty wide open, but five years from now, uh, you can either go with where do you see yourself uh, in the industry, where do you see the industry going, where do you see Rocky Mountain Stone? So just five years from now, dot dot dot. Wow, that's a that's a big one. Um, yep, yep. But it can so, be as small as you want. It can be as okay. small as you want. <laughs> so I'd say so. Kind of like my my dad's plan is, he says he's gonna retire in like three or four years. Um, knowing how he is, I think he'll probably step more away at that point. But I don't think he'll kind of fully retire. Um, so I think it'll look like I wow I'd say that I'd come into more of like a GM or VP kind of role um, and overseeing everything, but still having you know my dad in the office maybe two days a week and just being able to still bounce things off of him you know and kind of run certain things by him. Um, but really like day-to-day kind of things, kind of running that is probably where I see myself at. And I think like Rocky Mountain Stone, New Mexico is usually like two years behind a lot of the other bigger cities when it comes to like trends and stuff like that. And I see like we've done a lot more kind of centered stones and, you know, porcelain, stuff like that. And we're one of the only shops that I know of in New Mexico who really 
know how to fabricate all of that and are comfortable working with it. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll end up doing a lot more of kind of that side of things and doing, you know, shower walls, even countertops out of the more kind of centered materials and kind of finding a niche in that where we can kind of stand away from our competitors. Mm. Um, and also we've had a lot of, there's still a lot of like multifamily housing going up in Albuquerque and, um, you know, some track homes, which we've never really done a lot of, we've kind of been more on the custom side of things, but mm -hmm. maybe bringing in some of those track home builders and doing some of that, you know, just to get jobs moving through the shop that are really fairly simple jobs compared to a lot of stuff. So hopefully picking up some of that business. Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of where the industry goes, but I think, you know, we'll go more towards kind of the man-made materials with the centered stone mm -hmm. and, you know, quartz has blown up. Um, and that's a huge part of the market. So I don't know really where it'll go when it comes to, you know, materials or kind of the, the path it's on, on an industry side of things. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm. Sure. Yeah, no, that, hey, you, you just went three for three there, Sean. That was, that was an impressive <laughs> performance. Yeah. For seven uh, in the morning, I'm coming out strong. You are. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping for one, and you just you just went three for three. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kyle, did you have anything follow up on that? or No, I, I, the cutting the porcelain and, yeah, see, getting people trained to do that, just prepping yourself now to be able to handle, I think, the boom that is coming. I've seen a lot of people take those steps because it is such a – unique tough material um to handle so yeah taking those how i guess how you have you guys kind of handled that prepping learning how to handle that uh for i think the boom the boom that's already kind of here and i think will continue to grow with porcelain and a yeah. follow-up question maybe uh how much of a departure from like what you have been doing is that which may be the same question and maybe i just shouldn't have asked it but you know yeah we we haven't we started like cutting porcelain um i guess it was really like decton mm -hmm. that kind of started it for right. us and i believe cosentino came out to us um and kind of ran a training on how to cut it how to fabricate it you know doing all of that and a lot of it has been kind of trial and error especially like on the thinner materials you know down to six millimeter um and even you know, smaller than that, where it's really a quarter inch that we're cutting. And the biggest difficulty has been just handling the material, mm -hmm. you know, um, running it with the forklift, you know, and it bounces, right? And the corner breaks off of it or something like that. So a lot of it's been just trial and error and kind of learning how to do that. And also, you know, we bought, um, we bought a Baca Sawjet and that's been huge in being able to cut you know, those porcelains and the centered material and stuff and just having two saws so we can even kind of dedicate one to porcelain when we've got a big porcelain job or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's coming through just because it takes so much longer to, to cut and everything. And I think, you know, it'll, I don't know how much, um, I don't know how much market share like uh, the centered materials will take up, mm -hmm. but I think especially in, 
like vertical applications, you know, shower walls, fireplaces, um, even full height backsplashes and stuff like that. It's, it's a great product because it's pretty light, doesn't take up a lot of space. Um, it's a lot easier to install than like 3CM, mm-hmm. you know, granite, um, just because it's lighter, but, but it definitely has all of its, all of its own quirks and things you kind of have to learn, but we've really just started cutting it. And because we've been cutting it longer than some shops, mm-hmm. um, we've kind of worked out all of the, all the kinks and nuances of it. And now we're, I'd say we really, it's pretty rare for us to run into a big issue on like a porcelain job. So yeah, just so, grab the bull by the horns. Are you guys like, uh, is that knowledge being stored just in the, the workers that are there? Or are you guys taking steps to document, you know, some of the, the things that you've learned in terms of like mm-hmm. RPM and all that? We, we do have quite a bit of documentation on like RPMs, blades, and all of that that we're using. Um, and with more and more kind of brands coming out with their own line mm-hmm. of porcelain, we've seen a lot more, you know, literature on how to cut it, you know, what, what things to look out for. Um, I mean, running relief cuts on a slab before you actually go into mm-hmm. it and stuff like mm-hmm. that has been, uh, has been big. And, you know, that's helped out a lot because the vendors want to sell that material. So they're more than willing to, you know, train you on it, give you every ounce of um, information that they have on it from a fabrication side. Right. So that's been a huge help as well. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, cool. Uh, we're going to run into our, ne- our last segment here. Uh, but before we do, we'll hear a word from our sponsor. Are you drowning in remnants? Do you struggle to get quotes out on time? Uh, is your process undefined as you as you go through the job? Action Flow has an answer for each of these questions, and it, it will allow you to rest easy at night knowing that these questions are answered and jobs are flowing through your shop. Visit actionflow.net today to set up your discovery call. All right, coming back, uh, we like to end the episode, uh, each episode, with the rock seat. Not the hot seat, but the rock seat. Uh, so these are just a few uh, questions that, yeah, hopefully... Uh, a little bit uncomfortable. Just, just yeah, like a hot yeah, seat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and a rock seat. I mean, yeah, a, a seat made out of rock. Probably not very comfortable. Um so yeah, starting us off, um, what is and you, you kind of hinted at this earlier, talking about you do two or three jobs that knock your socks off each year. But do you have uh, the coolest job that you've ever worked on? Hmm, the coolest job. It was a lot of them were when I was templating. Um, just because I got to see kind of the start to finish and I was really more of a part of it. But there was one job we did that um, the countertops were, I don't even remember what color they were, but we basically cut like a snake through the middle of the countertops and we glued two different pieces of material together. Um, 
So it kind of looked like they were going towards like a river look mm-hmm. running through the center of their countertops. Wow. And then the backsplash, they did an onyx backsplash that we backlit, which turned out incredible too. So it was one of those jobs that you, you don't see very often um, just yeah. because there's not many people that think of that. But that was probably one of the coolest things just because there was – two different colors of material that we had to glue together and make one. And then also doing the backlit on X just was co- over the top. Yeah. So Sounds you'll have to find a picture. Yeah. Send us and we'll try to link it in the show notes. So people can, can okay. see that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, last time you walked in someone's house, you, you can call them out if you want, but you looked at it and you went, Oh dear Lord, what are these doing in here? Uh, when you looked at their countertops and like handed them your card and said, call me, I can fix this. Hmm. The last time I did yep. that? Or if you can think of a time where you were like, oh, you need help. These are awful. Here's my card. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm really good at like giving friends grief and going, wow, you know, you really got, you know, laminate countertops in here. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You know? Um, <laughs> but I can't think of I don't know that's a tough one it might even be mine <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bought a house uh, end of January and I still have laminate countertops in there mm. and it's just you know I take stuff off the stove and I can't set it on the counters um, so probably my house really needs rebuilt. <laughs> We're gonna follow up in some... six months, and if it's not done, we'll be like Sean. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I need that motivation. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Final question. Um, and again, you you we've hinted at this, but um, is there a a tool or a gadget or anything that that is your favorite? in the industry just something that is especially innovative or just fun uh that that gets you going Hmm. i would say i'm a little biased towards like the uh like the laser technologies like the lt55 um templating machine just because i used that and that was one thing that i used for a long time Mm -hmm. and it it made it so much more accurate um it was so much faster when it came to templating which that's been around for a long time now um but i'd say that's one and then the other thing that's that's cool like on the production side would be uh the no lift system so i don't know if you've heard of the no Mm -hmm. lift carts but they've got like a hydraulic thing on the bottom um Mm -hmm. so you can have two guys install a huge island with just the cart it makes it super simple and then on the office kind of side of things, I'd say Power BI, like mm. running that through ActionFlow, just because you can track anything and everything, and there's so much information that no matter what you're looking for, you can find it in there, which I go down the rabbit hole occasionally and really get involved in it. Um, <laughs> but that's a that's a great thing, great tool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Really, I mean, really what that last question is, is just a way to drum up sponsors and uh, you, you performed excellently. So thank you. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Well, Kyle, if you if you didn't have any final thoughts, then uh, I think this is as good a time as any to wrap it up and 
Uh, thank you again, Sean, for coming on and waking up yeah. early in, in Albuquerque and, uh, yeah, making us a part of your week. No, thank you guys. This is uh, it's a cool program you guys are putting together, and I'm looking forward to listening to all the episodes and checking it out. Sweet. All right. So, Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yep. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to Kyle for interviewing, Sean for taking time out of his schedule and hopping on, and Richard for putting it all together and producing. If you've enjoyed today's show, feel free to follow us on social media or visit us at actionflow.net to stay tuned. Subscribe wherever you're listening, rate and review. And if you get the chance, share it with someone in the stone industry. Have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you next week.